The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I've not been fired, contrary to what Ryan Wilson suggested on a podcast where I was uh, out of town earlier this week, but it is the offseason, and, you know, when in Rome, got to take a little time away with your family to make sure that they remember you're alive. We're going to do an NFC North breakdown today with Jordan Dejani, and then we will rip through uh, some mailbag questions for Friday. Reminder, you can always, you keep getting those in. Uh, go check out free agent quarterback rankings and landing spots in the feed as well. Um, and while you're doing stuff, you may have seen the journey to Mount Paramount spots featuring Bill Cowher, James Corden, Patrick Stewart, Beavis and Butthead. Yes, quite the squad. Paramount Plus, though, is not just people climbing a mountain. It's also live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, and Mission Impossible, plus new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this, it's where you can dive into live sports from us at CBS Sports, including the NFL, March Madness, the Masters, and Champions League Soccer. Plus, you can stream hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. Live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus streaming on March 4th. Whew. Paramount Plus gets me hyped, Jordan. How about you? <laughs> I love it, man. I would love to do those live reads. Um, you try not to black out and just run processing. <laughs> I, I really am excited for Paramount Plus, though. I think it is kind of interesting, like, when you work for CBS. I mean, like, so when the Viacom merger happened, now we... Like Paramount is a iconic brand. You need to go to the movie theater, you know, and now that's sort of our company. So that's kind of cool. Exactly. We're partnered with it. I feel very cool. I told they fired me anyway, which again, Wilson, um, Debo, you'll appreciate this. And I'll tell the guys on Friday's mailbag, but we're driving home today from, or driving home on Wednesday from the mountains. And my wife goes, I, I listened to your podcast last night while I was trying to go to sleep. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it popped up in my feed and I, and I realized you weren't on. So I was wondering what they would be talking about. So I hit play. And the first thing I hear is Ryan Wilson saying, Will Brinson's been fired. And then they started talking about me buying a horse for some reason. So my dad apparently listened to by some coincidence. He texted me like, what's your, what are you going to name your horse? Lucky? Like, I, I don't know. What did I miss? Uh, that's what happens when, when you're out. There's all sorts of, uh, dirty rumors that start floating around about one Will Brinson. Good, good, great, great. Um, all right, Jordan, we're going to talk some football, though. We're not going to piddly around. We're going to get dive into the football, and we're going to do NFC North. Man, I got to tell you, this is a division where I think, you know, we – the Vikings made headway over the last few years trying to, like, get, you know, get into the mix. Um, the Bears have won it in recent years, but it feels like this offseason more than any others in recent years, it's – a real separation has been made between the Packers and the other three teams. Agree? 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I was going to comment. I, I don't know who made me like the, the, the expert of the NFC North for CBS to go on the podcast. But when I was hired, I automatically became somewhat of the Green Bay Packers apologist. And I found some success in that role over the past couple of years. So, yeah, you can argue that some separation has definitely been made. I think that more people are going to be on the same page when it comes to the Packers as legitimate contenders for a Super Bowl. So it's glad we all have arrived there finally. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but we're not going to start with the, the Packers. Though. We are going to start with the Lions, who are the, uh, you know, came away with the worst record, the highest draft pick in this division. They are 125 to one to win the Super Bowl after trading Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff, 50 to one to win the NFC. Their top two draft picks coming up are number seven overall, number 41 overall, and number 72 overall. And, uh, perhaps more importantly, a, a plethora of big name free agents who may be walking away. Kenny Galladay, Deron Harmon, Marvin Jones, Everson Griffin, Reggie Raglan, Danny Amendola, Adrian Peterson, Mo Sanu, and Matt Prater. All that means that the top remaining wideout currently under contract is Quintez Cephas. Uh, fortunately, the Lions – oh, no, just kidding. The Lions have uh, an, a projected $6.3 million around league average uh, via over the cap in terms of projected cap space. What uh, What do you think they're – what is – what should be their off-season priority here for Detroit? <laughs> That's a great question considering their rebuilding status. And when I worked on this article for CBS Sports looking at kind of the top off-season needs, for the Lions, I wanted to put everybody. But the editors <laughs> called me lazy and forced me to dive more deeply into it. <laughs> so the number one, I mean, you just brought up the wide receiver position, so we can start there. It's, when, you're, when you're changing your status to legitimate rebuilding as a franchise, trying to find something that can even – look like on-field success, it's not exactly a great time to have your top two wideouts hitting the free agent market and potentially looking for changes of scenery. So that's not good. And like you already brought up, the reserves and Mohamed Sanu and Danny Amendola are also looking for changes of scenery or at least new contracts as well. So when it comes to that spot, I think it's likely they keep one. And I would I would say that's going to be Kenny Galladay via the franchise tag. He's also somebody who, who has spoken to his the pride he has in Detroit. He wants to reward them for taking a shot on him. Meanwhile, on the other hand, Marvin Jones, uh, he's already come out earlier this offseason and said that he would he wants to ring chase, right? He wants to go to a contender, but not only that, a contender that can afford to pay him what he thinks he deserves on the open market. So I would assume that Marvin Jones is going to be playing for a different team in 2021. But let's say, let's say some other Lions keep both of these guys and keep all of these guys. It still wouldn't be a bad idea to add a wide receiver to this mix to to add some weapons for whoever's going to be playing quarterback for the, for the Detroit lions in 2021. Yeah. Um, so Goff is going to be there now, obviously, you know, he's not, he's not going anywhere. They, they're taking on his, his, his contract. Um, you know, you start looking up and down this roster. There's just not a ton of young talent. I mean, TJ Hawkinson is maybe their. I mean, I guess if you want to say Jeff Akuda, there's just, you know, there's not a lot going on here. Um, obviously DeAndre Swift, good player too, but there's not, there's not, a, there's not a ton of spots where they can save a ton of cap space really. And I mean, maybe they could cut some, you know, mid-level players, but it's not even a stars and scrubs roster. It's just a roster full of scrubs for the most part. It's, it's just, it's not a good roster. I mean, Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia did not, they didn't have a ton of time. I get it, but they didn't do a whole lot to flip this thing around. So, you know, I think when you're Dan Campbell, and the Lions, what you need to do is, I can see this team wanting to just pound the football and run the football. I think they will probably franchise tag Kenny Galladay. I'll be shocked if they don't. They shouldn't. I mean, cause they don't, you know, maybe they should tag and trade him 
And like, if I'm Kenny Galladay, I'm not signing a contract and staying in Detroit. I mean, he can have all the pride he wants in that. It's, it's a bad situation. And, and if you got a chance to get out of there, you probably should, especially when you make a ton of money on the open market. Um, you know, with, with that, um, you know, with that ability to, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out where, where is all their, I guess, $20 million in dead cap space for Matthew Stafford? I'd be like, what, how do they not have tons of room? This team is terrible. How did I think this team would be good last year? What is wrong with me? <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, and when I said, when I said whoever's playing quarterback for the Detroit Lions, I know Jared Goff's there, but I think that shows you how much confidence I have in him and also that yeah. he'll be able to find success just in this offense. But like I said, adding to the wide receiver room, um, would, would obviously help this rebuild, hopefully fast track it if they get somebody like a top wide receiver in the draft with that first round pick. But my immediate focus when it comes to the Lions definitely goes to the defensive side of the ball. Okay, well, I, what, I mean, looking at the defense, what are you thinking to fix this? Because it's a, it was a terrible defense last year, but they probably are going to have to cut Desmond Trufant to save six point, uh, almost six point two million dollars in cap space there. And then you can also throw in, I would think, um, uh, uh Justin Coleman. They could save five million dollars there. So you're talking about trying to save around twelve million dollars between cutting two like top end cornerbacks. I mean, they don't have to do it, but they're they're the way that their cap is busted up right now. I mean, Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford are going to have a combined forty seven million dollars in in a cap hit. I mean, this if you're if you're quarterback, if you have two quarterbacks, one of whom is not on the team, eating up forty seven million dollars in cap space. In a year where the cap is going to shrink to like 180 or 185, whatever it is, you're not going to be a very good football team. Exactly. That's why this situation is so tough. I mean, there's so many reasons for it. But when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, if we're just talking about key additions, maybe some points where they could put some focus on when it comes to potentially free agency or the draft, um, the linebacking unit to me, if I, had to, if I had to pick one word to describe the linebackers unit in 2020 for the Lions, it was slow, right? They were slow at reacting to the ball. They were va- basically non existent in pass coverage and of course the secondary I like Jeff Okuda there's no reason for me to want to give up on him yet but they need to add there as well and you already brought up guys like Desmond Trufant and Justin Coleman who could end up playing for new teams in 2021 so here's a wild stat that I found I think that of the top four tacklers the guys who recorded the most tackles for the Lions last year three of them were safeties it wasn't the top two safeties it was three safeties had three of the three of the most four or three of the top four in tackles for the Detroit Lions. That tells you that the the running backs are getting to the third levels on first and ten. That tells you that they're struggling in pass coverage. Basically, every play on defense for the Lions is ending up in the third level with a big gain. So that that says a lot right there. Yeah, I mean, man, I'm just telling you the way you look at this cap and if they, I don't, I don't think this is a team that's going to sign many free agents, if any. I think they're going to try and load up on draft picks, you know. Bring young players into the fold. See what kind of what they got. You know, you tag God. Like I don't know if you can even afford to tag God the way it's the way it's set up right now, just because of the the number. Um, so then you have to decide: Are we going to tag and trade him? Or are we going to tag and um, you know, are we, are we going to tag? Galladay and, and try to sign him to a contract extension. Or are we going to tag him? And if he won't sign a contract extension, rescind the franchise tag. I mean, there's a <laughs> like it's I don't know. It's a tricky situation, and so. There's, I guess, there's, I don't, I, I, I feel pretty confident they'll tag him because he's too good to let walk out. But I, I don't think it would be that shocking given the lack of wide receiver depth and free agency if they tagged and traded Kenny Galladay. I think that would be my move. 
Like, I'm going to tag Kenny Galladay and find somebody who will give me a fir- late first, early second round pick for him, or maybe even any kind of second round pick. And I think if I'm the Lions, I'm thinking, look, you've been terrible for basically the entire existence of your franchise. Just tear it all down and start over. You traded away Stafford. Goff is, you know, maybe he's, maybe he can still bounce back, but I, I don't know. I think this team is, Man, I mean, it's depressing if you're a Lions fan. So yeah, <laughs> lots of needs, lots of issues, and and ain't gonna fix it in one offseason. But they can try, and certainly, I think you know, focus on trying to get make the defense better and run the football a ton. Oh boy, this team's gonna be awful next year. Uh, the Vikings, a much better <laughs> team. I was just moving on. Um, Jordan, I can't, I can't handle too much Lions talk. Uh, the Vikings 40 to one to win the Super Bowl, 20 to one to win the NFC top three draft picks, number 14, number 79, number 91, not a ton of free agents. Dakota Dozier, Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, Ifani Agbenigo and Jaleel Johnson. I think I butchered that name. Uh, they have no cap space, negative 8.75 million according to over the cap. Um, as we, uh, head into, this podcast, what uh, what do you think the biggest need priority for the Vikings is this offseason? Uh, that's a good question. In terms of biggest need, uh, well, we could start at the defensive line, honestly. And and the Vikings, I mean, they experienced kind of what was a ridiculous amount of adversity on the defensive line, starting with last offseason. I mean, Everson Griffin opted out of his deal. Daniil Hunter went down with a season-ending injury. Michael Pierce took advantage of that COVID-19 opt-out. Jaleel Johnson, who, who was more of a reserve player, he ended up starting all 16 games, and now he's looking for a new contract. And then there's Shamar Steven, who he might be a cap casualty as well. So figuring out how to upgrade your starters on the defensive line while at the same time trying to figure out the rotation that you want is going to be important, and then adding some depth there as well. So, you know, they have a, they have a pretty interesting and talented linebacking core. There is some promise there in the secondary as well. Um, but in the secondary, real quickly, I mean, they might have a need at free safety, right? A- Anthony Harris, they franchise tagged him last offseason, and that didn't really work out. He had six picks in 2019, zero in 2020. I'm not sure if the Vikings are so set on bringing him back, and there's a there's a good possibility that he'll be able to find some money out there on the open market as well. So finding a free safety would be intriguing as well for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and – I think I was reading, uh, it was Greg Rosenthal who was saying that Anthony Barr, uh, could be a surprise cut. I mean, they, look, they don't have much, they don't have any salary cap space, right? Like this year is going to be, we are going to see some big names get cut by teams more than usual. You're going to see, you know, in the past, what we've seen, there's been a trend away from teams cutting these players and just trading them or, you know, living with the, you know, living with the cap hit and keeping them around because you want the talent. The salary cap, because it's dropping back down, I think we're going to see guys get cut. And uh, Rosenthal predicted Anthony Barr could be one. They would save almost – it would be a surprise cut for what it's worth. But they save over $7 million in cap space by doing that. And as much as you don't want to do it, you know, you already have Eric Kendricks paid. Um, and so it, it could be tough to keep all those guys. So it wouldn't be entirely shocking if that happened. Like Adam Thielen, you could save a bunch of money by cutting him, but you're not cutting Adam Thielen, right? I mean, that's – you you. Mm-hmm. You know, as good as Justin Jefferson is, I think you still need Thielen. Although I guess you could, uh, like Kyle Rudolph is almost a guaranteed to be cut by this team. They would save, uh, over $5 million by cutting him. So I think first things first for the Vikings for me is you need to get out there and start slicing and dicing on this roster and figure out where you can save, um, where you can save money in terms of your cash space. And 
you know, Harrison Smith, you're probably, I mean, you're not cutting Harrison Smith, Ooh, I don't no, think. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, but I think he's in the final year of his deal and you save 10.25 million. I'm just saying this team has no money and they're in a weird spot because we think they're contenders. Uh, yeah, I think they have to treat this offseason as, as if they're contenders. I don't think they can treat it as if it's a reboot after you sign Cousins uh, to a new contract. So I, I, but in that same vein, to get below the cap number, to be able to sign all your rookies, to be able to be active in free agency, if you want to do that, um, you know, you're going to have to chop some guys. So I think we will see some, some, some players like that, um, you know, cut by, cut by this Vikings team. And that really is going to require them, like if they lose Anthony Barr, it's going to require them to rework their defense on the fly this offseason. And that's not an easy thing to do. They had to do it last offseason when they lost a bunch of quarterbacks and the results were disastrous this past year. So for me, trying to figure out how to maneuver the cap casualties in such a way that you don't like, you know, cause detrimental harm to your defense again for the second straight year is kind of the biggest thing. Yeah, and I, I think I identified another one. How about Riley Reef, right? Their left tackle. Uh, he, it's interesting. I was reading on NFL.com, I believe that the Vikings gave him a $1 million bonus this week. And they, people thought that was in good faith because he missed out on that performance bonus by being on the COVID list in the regular season finale. But whoever was writing this article on NFL.com, they hypothesized that this could be a parting gift, right? That uh-huh. they would move Ezra Cleveland from the inside who played left tackle in college. He would be the new stalwart at left tackle. And I think that would be an, I, I would encourage the Vikings to make that move because of the cap situation they're in. And also because I think Ezra Cleveland deserves a chance on the outside. And they're already looking at the offensive guard spot. I mean, Dakota Dozier is, is a free agent, but I mean, even if he was under contract, that's somebody you could definitely upgrade from on the inside. So the offensive line was another thing I mentioned in this article about trying to move some pieces around, save some cap, and then also see how you can upgrade on the inside. The Riley, Riley, Riley Reef thing is a good call. I mean, they could save 14, almost you know, 13 and a half million dollars in cap space. I mean, that is a, that's a game changer. You know, like all of a sudden you go from, we have negative $5 million in cap space to, we have eight. And then if you move on from bar and you free up another seven and a half, I mean, you got $15 million in cap space. That gives you plenty of room to sign your rookies and plenty of room. If you can figure out a way to do one or two year deals with some free agent guys, um, you know, on, cause I do think there'll be guys taking a little bit less money or maybe, you know, you can restructure some stuff. It, it gives you a lot more freedom. So I think those two guys who, who by the way, take up, uh, you know, over 17% of the cap for, for the Vikings, uh, right now, um, are, are very good candidates to be released. And that makes sense. Like, Hey, listen, Riley, we appreciate all the work you've done for us. Here's a million bucks. Enjoy it, pal. Um, very nice of them. Don't, you don't always have to do that. Uh, any other, any other priorities stand out for the, uh, for you with, uh, when it comes to the Vikings? Yeah, you know, I was looking at edge rusher as well, but like you said, I mean, the Vikings right now aren't exactly set up to be big spenders and free agency. So they could upgrade there and that linebacker, like you said, especially if bars a cap casualty, but, but man, like you said, that cap casual or just the cap in general really hampers and handicaps you what you want to do in free agency. And you mentioned the Vikings, we should be treating them like contenders, right? I think what they went eight and or they went seven and nine last year, but they have some good pieces there. They could be dark horses to win that division if something goes awry with the Packers. Yep. But it's going to be hard here uh, in this kind of free agency. Yeah, I mean they're not going to fix this team and make a deep run. Like if this is to me this Vikings team. You know, maybe you can add some pieces in free agency. I, I, again, I just don't think you have a lot of wiggle room for it. It's going to come down to can Mike Zimmer, can this defense, can Mike Zimmer coach up this defense 
to be where it was two years ago, et cetera. Cause it, you know, if it's not, it's going to be a whole lot harder, uh, to pull that off. All right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, the other two teams in the division, this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Chicago Bears. Oh, my Chicago Bears. 50-1 to to win the Super Bowl, 22-1 to to win the NFC. They have the 20th overall pick, the 52nd overall pick, and the 84th overall pick. Free agents include Jermaine Effetti, Tashawn Gibson, Allen Robinson, Mitchell Trubisky, and Barkevius Mingo. Like the Vikings, they are under the cap at negative $6 million, according to over the cap. Uh, Jordan, when you're writing it up, what, um, what did you, what do you view? I mean, okay. You know what? It's pretty obvious. <laughs> they got to figure out the quarterback position, right? I mean, that's right. the, that's the move, right? Right. That was my number one, and it's an interesting situation all around it. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it because I don't think you want to roll with Foles. Uh, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is necessarily worth a prove-it deal. Maybe in some people's eyes, you probably weren't in on Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, are you interested in Marcus Mariota waiting for Teddy Bridgewater? Do you want to completely throw your hat in the ring for Deshaun Watson? I'm, I'm sure you would. I would too. But you know, what, what's what's the best path? What's the best route here? Because if if you're interested in Deshaun Watson, that's going to be a big domino to fall. And Lord knows when that's exactly going to happen when the Texans are going to open themselves up to having those negotiations and whenever that's going to happen. So that's, it's a big question mark for sure. Yeah. I think the bears can be in on Watson, but I think they would have to overpay so grossly because of their, like they have the 20th overall, you know, 20th overall pick in the first round. I mean, that's going to be, that's a good luck. I mean, like that's, it. that's, you know, if, if the Panthers are in on it too, and they have the eighth overall pick and the Dolphins and the Jets respectively are in on it as well. And they have the third and the second overall pick. I mean, if you're Chicago, you have to come back with, you know, you basically have to give away the next three, three year, three years worth of first rounders. Now maybe it's worth it. Um, but even then, I don't know that you're going to overcome what Carolina, what New York, what Miami is going to be able to offer if those teams are indeed in it as well. So in my mind, and man, you can't cut Nick Foles either. How do you end up in that situation? It's just, <laughs> you can't save any money from when you're cutting him from the cap. Um, you're probably going to franchise tag Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. That seems, it seems like that's kind of where we're headed. If you do that, do you trade him and try to get a, cause I don't know if Allen Robinson wants to sign a long-term deal, another long-term deal in Chicago. I mean, he obviously signed there as a free agent, but man, does he really want to, you know, go back and, and, and run that back? You know, there's, there's areas you can save space. Jimmy Graham feels like a very obvious, uh, guy you're going to cut. You save $7 million, uh, by releasing him. 
you know, you could save money by cutting Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks. I don't know that you're necessarily going to chop up your defense all of a sudden to, to try and, to try and get under the cap when you have other avenues for doing it. And, and so I think, uh, do they, they don't have a ton of, do they have a bunch of dead cap? Uh, Trey Burton. Yeah. Not a bunch of dead money on the cap for them this coming year. Um, yeah. I mean, I think at the quarterback position, if you can't get Watson and I don't think you can be able to, and you were, weren't really in on Wentz, and I guess you could try and sign Jameis Winston. I think what they might do is try and run back Mitchell Trubisky on a cheap deal. Like I really do. I think they might let him test the market and sign him to like a two year deal or something like that. And I don't think Bears fans will be very happy, but I don't know that the alternative is that much better. It's if, you know, the reports are with Mariota, who could Marcus Mariota could make sense as a trade target, but his, he has that, those, those escalators in his contract. Yeah. And so nobody wants everybody, people would much rather let the Raiders release him and then sign him. So that could certainly be an option. Um, you know, you have Mariota and Foles or I don't know that you could viably go Trubisky and Foles again. I think the, the, the feedback from management and from your fans might be just too negative to pull it off. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and, you know, like we've been talking about just with, kind of how unprecedented this offseason is and how free agency might look a lot different, especially with these cap casualties going on and how how free agents are going to be eyeing what could be long deals versus short deals in terms of money they can make. It might be the best move to sign Mitchell Trubisky to what could be seen as a, as a proven contract. So I would agree with you there. Um, and another need I, I brought up, you brought up Allen Robinson. So I think adding to the wide receiver room would be interesting as well. Even if they keep Allen Robinson and he's he's interested in signing a long term deal, I like Anthony Miller. I, I I like the new speedster Darnell Mooney out of Tulane. I like that kid. But adding to that room would definitely help whoever is playing quarterback, right? Kind of like we talked about with the Lions, but even furthermore. So adding to that wide receiver room, just putting more weapons around. Let's say it's Mitchell Trubisky. That would obviously benefit the offense and hopefully the Bears at large as well. I mean, I think you have to get somebody because. Mooney, Riley Ridley, and Anthony Miller is not scaring anybody. Right. You know, you, I mean, that's the thing with Robinson is he's that big physical guy who can move the chains. And again, remember you're moving, um, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're moving, probably moving on for Jimmy Graham. Now you got Cole Komet who's flashed at various points in time, but Cole Komet cannot be the focal point of your offense. I mean, Allen Robinson has been a target hog for this team and it's hard to imagine them for getting that kind of production from the group that they have in place here. So I agree with you. I think you've got to figure out a way to go out and get talent at the wide receiver position. The question is, do you want to do it with, you know, could you tag Allen Robinson, trade him for a second round pick, and then turn around and draft somebody? And is that enough to get you where you need to be? Um, there's again, there's not going to be a ton of talent out there, assuming Galladay and Robinson get, get, get tagged. So I think there's a pretty, maybe you run it back with Allen Robinson for a year and you figure out a way to get under the cap and, and you get there that way. Um, it's just a tricky spot because this team doesn't have the solution at quarterback. They don't have any money to spend. They have a pretty good, a very good defense, but not, you know, I don't think anybody's guaranteed to have an elite defense, but a t- above average defense. And then a run game that kind of came on with David Montgomery, but mostly against bad, bad competition. So, man, I don't know. I, I, I think the wide receiver position is key, but it all comes out of the quarterback spot. How do you, what is your answer at quarterback? And if it's, it's, it feels like it's either Jameis Winston slash Marcus Mariota, run it back with Mitch Trubisky or mortgage everything for, for Deshaun Watson. And even then, like that might not even be an option. Yep. 
I totally agree with that. And, and the other position I kind of wrote about when it comes to the offensive side of the ball for the Bears is offensive tackle, right? Uh, and that's some, there's some, some guys there that could be cap casualties as well in terms of Charles Leno and then Massey as well. So upgrading an offensive tackle would be interesting. You're paying those guys a lot of money for probably the play that you don't deserve for that kind of price tag. So uh, the, the interior part of the offensive line for the Bears is good. I would agree with that. But, but the tackles on the outside is something to eye. Uh, but like you said, I don't think they're necessarily going to be out there chasing Trent Williams around on the open market. Yeah, I mean, they kind of got, you know, they got hosed by Carson Wentz not wanting to come to Chicago and by Indianapolis being willing to offer a little bit more than, than what they probably could have given away. So, you know, dagger, I'm not, not like Carson Wentz saves Chicago. I would almost rather run back Mitch Trubisky than gamble on Carson Wentz, but, and give away draft picks personally, like a future first. I mean, I'll just take Trubisky and try to fix him, but it, I, I don't know how Bears fans can be that excited about 2021 knowing that really what happened last year still feels like the ceiling unless you can just get if Mariota becomes Tannehill 2.0 or Jameis Winston, you know, one of those situations. So quarterback situation, everything for Chicago, Green Bay, man, I tell you nine to one to win the Super Bowl plus four fifty to win the NFC. I haven't looked at their number. I'll look it up on William Hill, but it needs to be like minus three fifty to win this division. Honestly, I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't under, I can't think of who else could possibly stroll in and, and win this division. It's minus 270. I actually don't think that's a bad price. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to lay $270 right now to on the Packers, but you know, I mean, the, oh boy, I, I mean, I, I just have a hard time, Jordan, looking at this team and, and thinking that anybody else is going to win the division. They have the 29th overall pick, the 62nd overall pick, the 93rd overall pick is their top three options. Free agents leaving. They got some, uh, they got some issues here though. Uh, Shannon Sullivan, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King. Man, see you, buddy. Robert Tanyan, Ricky Wagner, Christian Kirksey, Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Jamal Williams. They are way down there in cap space at negative almost 20 million via over the cap. Uh, what do you view as one uh, of the top priorities for the for the Green Bay Packers here? Yeah, I'll give you my number one on both sides of the ball for for offense first and foremost. Let's let's try to right the wrongs of last year's draft and get a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers to work with, right? Uh, Devontae Adams is a star. We know that. I think MVS has potential. I like Lazard in spots. But, you know, one guy I have an eye on, I know we can't talk about big spenders or anything, but what about Will Fuller? I mean, this was a guy that had the Packers had reported interest in before. He's now an available free agent, and he's coming off of kind of a bittersweet season, right? I mean, he ha- he filled in nicely to that number one role for the Texans when uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins Hopkins went to Arizona. He finally stayed healthy. You know, he's putting those health problems behind him. He's having a pretty good year, but then he gets hit with the PED violation and that suspension. Now, I don't think that's necessarily something that the, that's going to hold off the Packers from pursuing him and signing him. Um, but, it, but it does think that the, his breakout, what could have been his breakout year, had to end in that way. So keep an eye on Will Fuller and free agency. I think adding a wide receiver for the Packers is obviously going to be important, but it's also going to be big just when it comes to the potential explosiveness of this offense of attack and for the defensive side of the ball my number one was was cornerback and it's not necessarily because it's the biggest weakness but because they have some interesting situations to deal with right we, we brought up the uh the the, cor- the nickel corner Shannon Sullivan I would expect they make a run at him to resign him but then of course there's uh Kevin King he's a free agent now and it, it might be recency bias but we all watched him in that NFC championship game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mistiming jumps and, and giving up touchdowns and things like that 
he's he had an okay year and according to pff they didn't love him but he's somebody who could probably find some more money on the open market he probably walks that would open up a spot for a starting cornerback position for the packers and i think filling that with a good viable candidate uh would would help them maintain the defense that they had and hopefully add to it as well uh oh yeah and worth i mentioned that christian kirksey and, and ricky wagner were free agents they were I mean, they were released on friday and that Correct. actually changed the cap space that green bay had they're down to and it, look as we've mentioned on this podcast you know it depends on what the number is for instance uh we have over the cap operates on what do they what do they have going with uh well, the, so anyway spot tracking over the cap use different numbers and the reason they use different numbers is because we don't know what the salary cap is, which means that the Packers don't know what the salary cap is. And the Packers can operate on a number that they're projecting that they hope the salary cap is, but that's what all these NFL teams are doing. So the Packers probably have somewhere between negative nine and negative $12 million in cap space. Um, it just depends on what this final number ends up being. I think what you're going to see is either Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith get cut. And Zedaria Smith would free up $11.5 million in cap space. He's been, you know, he didn't have as good a year last year as he did with his first season at Green Bay, but a very, uh, very impressive player. And, you know, the, one of the big uh, hallmark signings by Brian Gutekunst in his first year. It just feels like because of the cap hit there, 21.5 million, that they're probably going to cut him or, you know, cut Preston Smith and save $8 million. I don't think they'll do both, but you cut Zedarius, you let Rashawn Gary take a bunch of his snaps and all of a sudden that, that really opens things up. Um, you know, there, it's just a, like every team in the NFL, they're going to be sort of scrambling to find cap space and, and COVID, you know, threw everyone for a loophole because, when you plan out this, you know, three, five years, whatever it is, you're expecting the cap to grow. You're building your roster around a growing cap and a certain cap projected cap number. And now all of a sudden it's way down. Uh, Aaron Jones is, I think you can make the case that Aaron Jones should deserve a franchise tag. Yep. I would agree with that. If there's one guy who I'm looking at the, for the franchise tag for the Packers, it is him. And you know, it's obviously because of the talent he has, but also at, at times like how he, I don't want to use the word dictate, but how he ran that offense, right. Both on the ground through the a gap stretch runs and also just in the receiving game as well. I mean, he was that dynamic offensive weapon for the Packers. If, if it wasn't, if the ball wasn't going to Devante. So I think that's an interesting it is an interesting situation, but at the same time, would you be shocked if they let him walk, right? I mean, they, they drafted A.J. Dillon very high. He's a guy who had a really good game against, I think it was the Tennessee Titans in the snow on Sunday night late in the yep. year. I mean, he's flashed his potential there. We know what the what kind of player he was coming out of Boston College. So maybe they drafted him thinking about Aaron Jones, just just him being a running back and how great he is, but but just by the position he plays that they weren't going to break the bank for him. And then we kind of go into this unprecedented off season and the cap situation, you know, he's definitely a candidate for the franchise tag, but I don't know if it's exactly going to come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, a lot will depend on how much cap space they have to work with. And there's not a ton of other, I mean, they can, there, there are places they can save. I mean, I don't know if they're going to cut both those guys and you could save an extra $5 million by designating Zedarius a post June one cut, but then you, you know, you don't get that cap flexibility until June 1st anyway. So it's not like it gives you, you know, that much. And the same thing with Preston Smith, you get another $4 million uh, by cutting him. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things is, you have to decide, are we going to invest in weapons for Aaron Rodgers or are we going to try and build up the defense to be a little bit better? You know, is JJ like, are the, are the Packers going to pay JJ Watt to show up and 
franchise tag Aaron Jones. It's like if you want a guy like JJ Watt to come, you have to show that you are in fact, you know, trying to go all in with Aaron Rodgers. And and you know, clearly you have to convince JJ Watt to show up and then you draft a receiver maybe. I, I don't know it's it's a complex situation for them because you are balancing the long haul, but it you know, Aaron Rodgers not going anywhere at least in the immediate future. So I like the idea of getting him another weapon. And I think Will Fuller, who has to serve a one-game suspension, nice little option. He would fit pretty well with him. Yep, I would agree. And like you said, you'd probably have to ask Aaron Rodgers what he wants to do, right? Defense or offense. And we know we know he's going to say offense, and especially after last year, right? He's like, bro, we made it to the NFC Championship game, and your first-round pick was on the sideline in a sweatshirt, okay? We're doing things my, my way this time around. So right. it's but – it, but it is tough for sure. And I don't, I don't like the J.J. Watt rumors either because – like you said, I wish Preston Smith kind of had the cap savings that Zadarius had because that would be the easier choice. But you have Rashawn Gary in the way too, who is a guy that looks like he can be a legitimate starter. So, but man, I mean, if they really want to get crazy with it, release both Smith brothers and then try to chase JJ and see what you can do in building up that defense. Yeah. And the other thing too, you know, Corey Lindsley, one of the better centers in football, is he going to be willing to come back and play with Aaron Rodgers and to take less money to try and go chase a ring and to win something with Aaron Rodgers? Will he take a, a one-year deal knowing that Rodgers might you know be gone after 2021, depending on things happen? I, I, maybe, uh, maybe you franchise tag Corey, you know, Corey Lindsley instead of instead of Aaron Jones. I mean, I think the problem with paying a running back eight million dollars when you have no cap space is that it's a running back. Corey Lindsley is a star and. And he's going to be playing for a different team in 2021 in my eyes. I mean, a report came out, I think, today or this week that he hasn't had any contact with the Packers in terms wow. of a potential extension, right? So this is a guy who they know is going to get a lot of money on the open market. I mean, he was all pro this year. He's amazing. And I think the Packers just kind of accepted looking at their roster and their, their needs and the cap that he's going to be playing for a different team and he's going to go get paid. So I also mm-hmm. mentioned the offensive line because we had the luxury of kind of just picking and choosing what we wanted along the Packers because, like we said, they're the team that's really built to compete for a Lombardi trophy in this division. I brought up the offensive line because David Bakhtiari tore his ACL in, what was it, late December? So he's going to miss some time. And then, of course, like we said, Corey Lindsley will be playing for a different team, in my opinion. So there are some holes there to fill. They have some nice depth, some nice pieces. But if you truly want to keep Aaron Rodgers upright and say you put some money into that, then obviously I think they they need to go find someone in free agency or immediately in the draft that they think can contribute immediately. It, maybe, maybe both Smith brothers are gone. I mean, not, they're not brothers, but like maybe the Smiths are both <laughs> gone, you know? Like Preston and Zedarius just might, it might just be, I mean, that's $37 million in, in cap space. Yeah. I, I don't know that they're necessarily, I mean, and with it, what you can free up, you know, you're talking $19 million. You, you free that up and all of a sudden it gives you a chance. You sign JJ Watt to a $3 million deal with five million bucks worth of incentives and, you know, you franchise tag Corey Lindsley or franchise tag Aaron Jones. I don't know if you can franchise tag Aaron Jones. I mean, I don't know if you can sign Aaron Jones to some sort of deal. Like, I don't think he's going to sign a below market deal as a running back. Like, I think he'll want to get paid if he can. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe use the franchise tag on Corey Lindsley, cut the Smiths, franchise tag Corey Lindsley, transition tag Aaron Jones and just see if you can squeeze all that underneath there and say, all right, you know, Screw it. We're running it back for next year. We're going to draft a weapon for Rodgers. Go sign Will Fuller on a, on a, you know, on a, as a, you know, a, a, maybe, or maybe you get, yeah, bring back Lazard if he's interested in coming in and, and, you know, he's not going to command that much in the NFL. So yeah, it's, they, they're going to be fine, but they're not in a perfect position just in terms of having cap space, having to lose pass rushers like that. They may have to sacrifice some defense at the expense of offense. 
Yep, and and you have to wonder how much that's going to affect their stock as contenders just in general. Sure. But but like you said, uh, I mean, you were creative with how aggressive you can be, even in this this weird time where the cap's going down. There are ways to be aggressive, and I'll tell you what: if if Aaron Rodgers, if he was the GM, I think that's some that's a definitely a strategy he would try to employ. I think you're correct, Jordan. Uh, all right, that uh, I think that wraps it up for the uh, the NFC North, and that, it's. It's not a bad, it's not, a, it's not a sexy division right now. It's just not. It feels like the Packers are, the Packers are going to win this one because nobody else can make a move to take themselves over the top. And it's only, fe- it's February. You know, it just feels like a fait accompli, but you know what? Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's just how, maybe that's just how the, the Packers are going to roll this year. They're going to, they're going to eat this division alive. A lot of moves be made though, in terms of uh, getting under, underneath the cap for all these teams. And it'll be fascinating to watch. Jordan, thanks as always, buddy. Thank you, sir. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.